0: Glory to God. Well, the Lord gave me this, and I started it in December. Actually, Pastor Harry uh, from Guatemala kind of started us off, uh, and this was the direction I was going, and I told you before, uh, looking through my notes over the last 30 some odd years, I teach on this a lot, but I've never really put it all together quite like this, so I need you to believe with me for utterance, because I believe there's a purpose with this, not only to help you, but um, I believe there's a greater purpose to this as well, so I need your belief with me for utterance, and so we've done two parts, and so have I convinced you from the Word of God that while you were in your mother's womb, before you did anything right or wrong, God had a plan for your life? Have I convinced you from the word of God that it is not your decision but your discovery to do the plan of God in your life? And there is a path for your life, and the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And Ephesians 2.10 says, God prearranged for you a good life. Right? So you've got to get that established. You've got to get established that God is the one in your mother's womb who directed your steps. This is not a minister's message For just those that are called to the fivefold ministry. This is for everybody. This is for an engineer. This is for, um, Uh, someone uh, uh, a parent, this is for uh, a chef I always bring up chefs Uh, this is for uh, someone who works in the food industry total, this is someone who uh, is a rocket scientist this is for someone who's in the military all of our lives we shouldn't make our own decisions, remember we looked in James and remember the Lord through James the Holy Ghost really rebuked the people who said well this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to move to this city, James chapter three. I'm going to do this or do that. I'm going to get gain for a year. And what the Lord said was what you ought to say because your life is a vapor. How many know that's true? Now in our circles, we don't like to talk about that, but 80 to 120 years is a vapor compared to eternity. So whether you decide to live 80 or 120, it's still a vapor. And that's not a funeral message, that's not a funeral scripture, it's a living scripture. Because he said, it's not about whether you live or die, it's where you live and what you do. It's not a dying scripture, because it's not talking about physically dying. If you're going to live, in other words, I'm going to live in Huntsville, or I'm going to live in D.C., or I'm going to live in Huntsville, or I'm going to live in Seattle. Now listen to me, don't get mad, but that's really not up to you if Jesus is your Lord, This Wednesday night, I should get a better amen. Amen. It's true. What you ought to do is check in with headquarters. He said what you ought to say. If the Lord will, will live here or there, do this or do that. It's not about dying. Right? Don't get quiet on me. Help me out. See, that's a different way of thinking than most believers. Most believers do this. Lord, this is what I'm going to do, especially in our circle. I can talk about our circle because I'm in our circle. I'm going to do this. You said you'd bless whatever I put my hand to. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above. How be- I many of know that's all true? If you do verse number one, if you hearken diligently, Hearken means to hear and to do, not to hear only. It means hear and do. So you got to hear. God has a plan for your life and you have, you and I are responsible for doing it. We are so responsible that every one of us in this room are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he's going to ask you, did you do what I asked you to do? And you go and like You and I are responsible, not just ministers of the gospel, you and I are responsible to figure out what God called us to do in our mother's womb. And for all of eternity, you're either going to have a loincloth on or a robe. No, probably not. That's Joe Morris. Uh, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're, you're either going to have something to lay at Jesus' feet or you're not. And that determined by your 80 to 120 years that you do down here. That you ran your race. Y'all with me? Yeah. Why is this so important to the Lord? Well, uh, no matter how long you and I live, eternity is approaching. Uh, being with Jesus forever is approaching for all of us. Yeah, yeah. How many of you know there's no people from, do you know anyone alive from the 1700s? Why? Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't be afraid. Why do you not know anyone from the 1700s? Yeah. They dead. <laughs> what about anybody born in the 1800s? They're all dead. And if Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime, which I believe he could, I'd like for him to come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready. But if he doesn't, you're going to live your life out in health, and you're going to close your eyes, pull up your toes, and you're going to go, and then you're going to be standing in front of him. All of us. All of us. Sometimes, again, in our circles, we are so now-minded that we don't live for eternity. Eternity is a lot longer. And it's kind of forever. And what we do with the time he gave us, and I don't really believe at the throne room you'll be able to throw anyone under the bus. Well, my, you know I was... You know, they, I just don't think it's going to fly. Praise the Lord. Why is this good for us? Well, number one, it's good for us because the Lord told me to give it to you. And then if it's got to get to you, that means it's got to get through me. Hallelujah. So I'm doing a whole lot of double, triple, quadruple checking about what I'm supposed to be doing, how I'm supposed to be doing it, and all that kind of good stuff. And I want you to as well. There would nothing please Pastor Rhonda anymore than what the word of God says, that my children walk in truth. And and that you're walking in the Word. And if you're walking in the Word, then the the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so if you're Word people, then you ought to be on the path people. Amen. Amen. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, right? Okay, so we got that all figured out, right? We're all good with that, right? (laughs) Everybody's really good with that, right? All right. So, but, so Pastor Mark, so Holy Ghost, what am I supposed to be doing? If I'm not called to be a preacher, do you, why do you care about what I do? Well, he does. And there's giftings and graces in every one of you. Uh, Some people are gifted in graces to have their own business. Some people are gifted in graces to be engineers. Not everybody has that kind of brain. And you didn't get it, uh, God gave it to you. So if you go at it from that, everything I am capable of doing, it's a grace, it's a gift of God. Not just music, not just artwork, but everything. Um, My understanding and my uh, appreciation of charts and graphs and numbers. It's a gift from God. It's amazing. I love them. No, I don't. But anyway, um, do you understand what I'm saying? So everything that you do, no matter what it is, you've got to know that came from God and, and everything you do, God, God has a plan for it. So, um, Uh, One of my favorite writers said this, is that everybody ends up somewhere in life. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. These are the ones with visions. So let's look at, um, go to Matthew and then go backwards. Or they'll put it up on the screen. And since I didn't give you my notes, Habakkuk, because these days I know you're having a hard time following me. Because I'm really not following my notes very well. Where is it? Habakkuk 2, verse 1. This is familiar beginning of the year scripture. Habakkuk 2, 1. I will stand upon my watch and set uh, me upon a tower, and I will watch. So, what is that? It's a form of praying to see what men uh, he will say unto me. Say what the Lord will say to me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. What is reproved? Corrected. And the Lord answered me and said, uh, Write the vision, and do what with it? Make it plain and that he may run that reads it. So I'm going to tell you all this very boldly. Every one of you should know where. what is a vision. A vision is so you can see ahead. What is God asking me to do with my life? You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm in my 60s or 70s, so it really don't matter. No, it really does matter Um, because there's a plan A for you. There's something that God has ordained and called you to do. So I don't care if you're, you know, if were, the little ones were in here, but, uh, you know, the, from, uh, from little to, however, God's got a plan for their lives. Amen? And he's not going to change his mind whether you messed it up. Why well, messed it up royally? Well, all you got to do is repent, and then there's a plan A for you. How does he do that? I don't know. He just does. And quit trying to figure out, you know. And, and you don't. You don't have to be like, well, I really messed up. I really messed up, uh, even if you really, really messed up. Um, Pastor Rhonda's dad is in uh, uh, in heaven. Uh, Don, and uh, he had a tremendous call of God on his life. He used to uh, be a pastor. He used to uh, start churches from the ground up. When Rhonda was a little girl, you know, she was a pastor's daughter, and they moved from town to town. But, um, you know, and this is no disrespect to him, and she talks about it, but um, he didn't do everything just right. And a lot of times the reason they moved was because they had to. Um, And so... Um, when we got married, she was very stern with me and very matter of fact. And, uh, she told me how we weren't living and I agree and uh, we, we were good. Amen. All right. And so, um, um <laughs> still good. Never mind. Okay. And so, uh, and so anyway, um, but so any backslid? And she prayed for him and prayed him, Pentecostal term, through, and never gave up on him, ever. There was, no, there was no seeing sometimes him ever getting back to God, but he did. And when he came back to God, the call was there. The Lord didn't have him pastor again, but he had a very good uh, prison ministry, not because he was in prison, but he had a very good prison ministry in the state of Florida that was very um, well known and very uh, uh, helpful and really changed a lot of men's lives. And then he, he, uh, he helped uh, his pastor in the church that he went to and was on uh, uh, a, a deacon board and really was very supportive and very helpful and just did a number of good things. And then throughout his life, very, you know, that pastoral call was still there. He wasn't pastoring, but he was helping people. It's never too late for anybody, anybody. So don't give me that. Well, I'm too old, or I messed up too much. I don't want to hear it. God doesn't want to hear it. He, come on, his blood is still enough to make everything all right. Listen to me, I tell people this all the time, if you messed up or things went bad, the, the scenery may have changed. The people in your car may have changed. The road may not look like it used to look, but it's still a road. It's still a car, and you're still in it, and you, gotta keep, you just got to go. You just got to go, and sometimes people make a mistake, you know, 20 years after they were backslidden, they get, come back to the Lord and get on fire for God, and they want to go back 20 years and fix everything. They've all moved on. You'll do more harm. Just live today. Just live today, and it's a good day, and let, let them watch you. Love the Lord. Serve the Lord. You can't go back and fix everything. What do I got to do? I got to write the vision down. So what does that mean? Well, well, we'll get into it a little bit. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. So it's appointed. A lot of times it's not when you th- everything coming to fruition is not when you think it's going to, yet it's yet for an appointed time. Who's appointing the time? The Lord. In due season. But at the end, it shall speak. So your vision, what God has called you to do, shall speak. Isn't that interesting? What God has called you to do shall speak. It'll kind of have a voice. Where's that voice? It'll be inside of you because that was ordained of you. And that'll want to come out of you. And uh, uh, it'll not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Wait for it. Why? Because it will surely come to pass. How do I wait for? Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew. I'm waiting in the presence of God. I'm not doing nothing, but I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting. I'm trusting God. I'm doing what he put in my hand to do. I'm doing it right now. Every day, he'll give you something to do that'll help you get to the vision that God has ordained for your life. And it's not just about church. Yes, you should serve. Yes, you should do. You should all be busy about doing something for the kingdom of God, but also your secular life is don't have a sacred in a secular life have one let them be intertwined amen and 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 not just pray about where god wants you to serve at church and you ought to be serving somewhere did i say that already you ought to be serving somewhere you ought to be doing something for god you ought to be doing something for god and then on the other hand then you can't remove monday through friday Take a little break on Wednesday night. Remove one day through Saturday from God. It's all his. Your life is his. He's got a vision for it. He's got a plan for it. Well, how could working at this place be God's plan for my life? He can use everything and anything. Amen. That's why you have to pray about everything. But there's a vision inside of you. How do I get there? All right, let's let's get to some of this. How am I going to get there? Well, um, let's go to Psalms 127, verse 1. Let's get this established. I am just really trying to slow down. Kind of when I taught on faith for like 30 weeks. And I usually teach like six or seven weeks on it and then move on. I'm gonna, I, think we're, I don't know how long we're going to be on this, but I'm going to try to slow down. Because it seems to be very important to the Lord for all of us um, before we stand before him. And I know this is Wednesday night. Y'all want to please him, don't you? Yeah. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. You wouldn't be even tuned in on a Wednesday night. I mean, you want to please him. And so he's going to show you how to please him, how to, how to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Yeah. Psalms 127, one, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. So, so with your, your life, my life, unless it's the Lord, unless it's what he wants, it's in vain. Does anybody know what in vain means? It means worthless, empty, for no purpose, right? So who wants to live a life in vain? Well, I lived there 80 to 120 years, and I got some things, and I did some things, but I never got to it. Listen to me. We're just being real real with one another on Wednesday night. I've been, thank God, we've been pastoring going on 30 years. It's a minute or two. Some of you have been around with me for that long. And I've had the honor and the privilege to walk people home right before they go to meet Jesus. And I've had a lot of encounters. We've had a lot of special moments with people. And I've never heard anyone say to me, Pastor Mark, I wish I'd have had a bigger house. Pastor Mark, I wish I would have got that Corvette. Not once. This is what they say all the time. I wish I would have done more for the Lord. I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. Those are the big two. Wouldn't you agree? There's others, but those are the big two. What is that? What God and family? Isn't that interesting? What's God all about? Family. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, my family is a mess. I don't want to spend any time with them. Well, then you got us, hallelujah, because we're one big functional family. Don't you call us dysfunctional? The world may look at us and wonder know how we do it. But I can tell them how we do it, how we walk in unity and one accord because we all serve the Lord, Jesus, and he's the one that keeps us all in perfect peace working with one another. Amen. But that's what they usually say to me. Pastor Mark, I wish I would have done more to obey God. I wish I would have spent more time with my family. Yet, how I many you know there's nothing wrong with a Corvette? Get one in every color. <laughs> Build seven garages. Get seven of them. Or get seven of your favorite cars. It doesn't matter to God and it doesn't matter to me. As long as they don't have you. And if that's not what you're spending all your time doing. If you don't like driving, get a house in Madison and you work close to Arsenal. Get another house over there. If you want one up on the mountain, uh, go get one on Montecino. If you want one at the beach, get you as many houses as you want. But just don't let them have you. Because in the end, oh, come on, be careful, prosperity preacher. I'm being real careful. It'll all just get burned up anyway. And if your pile of ashes is bigger than mine at the end, then who really cares? But does God want me blessed? Does he want me prosperous? He absolutely does. Do you need to be taught that? Absolutely. And part of your uh, call in life, we're all supposed to be blessings. But some people are called to be givers. It's It's a gift. It's an anointing to grace. It's supposed to be funding things. The Lord told me before I moved down here 30 years ago that we would have millionaires in this church. And he told me they'd be raised up within this church. In other words, they would come broke and they would be raised up and be millionaires. I've seen few people being blessed, but I'm believing for the rest of it. So if that's, if you're up for it, if you got anybody up for it and And receive it. Hallelujah. But it's not work. It's the grace of God following the Holy Ghost, doing it his way. Hallelujah. One business deal can change your life forever. Hallelujah. Except the Lord build the house. Those that labor, labor in vain. So we got to make sure it's the Lord building the house. What am I doing? I'm not talking about your physical home. I'm talking about your life. Unless it's the Lord's idea, unless it's the Lord's plan, you do it in vain right? You can't, he won't even keep watch of a city. If the, if the, if the Lord doesn't keep the city, you can be praying and watching and it's going to be in vain. Um, I like this because what I'm talking about now is the Lord being involved in every part of your life. And then I love this scripture, Acts chapter five, verse 38 and 39, Acts five, 38, 39. Now you might not think this has to do with it, but, um, Remember Peter and John, they went to the gate called Beautiful. They, the man with the, um, uh, you know, got up and in the name of silver and gold, have I none, Touch as I have, give I the Everybody remember where I'm at? Remember they are told, don't preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. And remember the religious people got all up in arms. And so they were having a meeting. The religious folks were having a meeting. And they were like, we got to shut these people up. And one of the dudes, um, one, of the, the, one of the men, not dude, one, yeah, one of the dudes, anyway, he got up and he said this in Acts 5, 38-39, And now I say unto you, refrain from those men and let them alone because if this counsel or this work be of men it comes to nothing so what i do in my life if it's just mark if it was just my bright idea if it was just my plan in the end it comes to nothing so if you're a business person, if it's, the, if it's just you trying to do it, it'll come to nothing. If it's your career path, it'll come to nothing. If it's your idea of relationship and the Lord says no about it, then it'll come to nothing. Are you with me? But if this work is from the Lord... It will cut. So, there, so let's look at verse thirty-nine. If <laughs> I got ahead, but I, so if it's from men, it, 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 in the eyes of God, because it might look good for a minute. Listen, you can't judge things by what you see for a minute, or a month, or a year. What? But because it, if it's of men, it'll come to, eventually. It'll come to nothing. It'll come to a screeching halt. And even in our own life, our choices that we just ask God to bless, He is not obligated to bless. But, verse 39, he said, if it's of men, it'll come nothing. But if this is from God, you can't overthrow it. You, there, there's nothing you can do about it. Lest happily, you'll be found fighting against God himself. That reminds me of Revelation. When God opens the door, no man can shut it. But when God shuts the door, I don't care if you're bawling and squalling morning, noon, and night, you're never going to open it. So we need to understand in our lives what God opens and what God closes. Amen. Now, if the devil t- tries to shut a door in front of us, there's a window on the other side to crawl through. Amen. There are doors for us to walk through. And, and the Bible talks about there's adversaries. Sometimes in your life, when you, you know what God has told you to do, You know what you're supposed to be doing with your career, with your uh, job, with your family, uh, serving God or whatever. And and there's opposition. There's opposition. So so you can go one or two ways with that. If you have that opposition, you think, well, if this is really God, nothing would be opposing me. That's not true. Because the devil will try to stop you. Right? The devil will try to stop you. But... You know, you can't judge whether the devil's fighting against you or he's not fighting. Because you can get off the will of God and then that's open season for the devil. So you can't be judging, am I in the will of God or out of the will of God, by what the devil's doing. You can only be judging by what God's doing. And the word's doing. And you know when God has opened a door to you. Whether you got to push 30 devils aside to get through it, just push them aside because God opened that door, and there's nothing they can do. They can try to keep you from walking through that door, but when God opens a door for you, you just walk on through it. you got the name of Jesus. You know, we talked to you, Pastor Ron, we talked to you about, uh, we're not camping beyond the open door. We're going to walk through. Amen? Come on, this should excite you. If this be of God, there's nobody, come on, in your life, take it for your life. Well, Pastor Mark, that's not talking about my life. It's talking about God and He is in your life and he's your father. And if he opens a door for you, no man can shut it. And if he told you how it's going to work out, then that's the way it's going to work out unless you give up. Amen. And there's some of you in here, you know, um, being a pastor and I, we don't talk to, I don't talk to everybody. I don't know everything going on in everybody's life, but sometimes, you know, um, why is it that the devil seems to fight other people harder? Well, in my mind, sometimes that's because uh, they have a greater witness, or people are watching, or, or whatever. So some of you maybe think, well, I, I get a lot of extra attention in the spirit. But, you know, you just, you just, no matter what the devil's trying to do to you, he's trying to get you to quit. And you got to make up your mind, none of these things move me. Now, I'm little, I know a little bit of what I'm talking about right now anybody else in the room know what I'm talking about? None of these things move me. If God opened the door, nobody can shut it. If this counsel, if this work, if this part of my life, even it, it, I'm not judging by how hard it is or how easy it is to determine the will of God in my life. Is it good? That's not how you judge. Well, ask five people. That's not how you get it. I put a fleece out. I told the Lord, if you'll do this. No, you don't do that either. What do you know? You know his voice. You're his sheep. And you have his word. Amen. And he's going to do his word. And you know his voice. And the voice of a stranger you will not follow. And he leads you. Woo. Even through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to get to them green pastures and the still waters. And I'm going to be sitting down at a table and the enemy can look on while I'm sitting. Come on. You got it. But where does this start? Where does this start? God's got a plan for my life. I'm obeying him. And I don't need I can't get, I don't want to get off on it too much. But also as I, it also has to do with my identity. You know, we all get driver's license. I, I hope you got a good picture. I really tried hard to get a good picture this time. and I didn't even lie I didn't have to lie this time about my weight or anything. and I said I say that that's really true now. And so anyway, it was other, it wasn't a lie. it was a faith project, all right? And so um, so I don't consider it a lie. it was a faith project, and I made it. hallelujah. um so but anyway. Uh, But that's your identity. It gets you through the airport. Everyone wants a picture ID, and that gives you access. The the, the reason the devil, you can look at some things, why, why is he messing so much? He wants people to not know who they are. And really, you've got to identify yourself in Christ. And then from that place, you figure out who you are and what you're called to do. Except the Lord build the house. Those that labor, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches the city, the watchman watches in vain. Um, If this counsel, if my plan for my life is just of me, it will eventually come to a screeching halt and it will fail. But if this be of God, I heard you, I'll, I'll answer you. Well, I married the wrong person. If you're married, you didn't marry the wrong person. I'll answer you. You tell that thought to go. You're in a covenant now, and you got the right one, baby. Well, but God. But God. But God. Quit looking back. No man is fit for the kingdom looking back. You can't operate in faith looking back. The Apostle Paul said, there is this one, this is huge. He said, There's this one thing I do. The Apostle Paul said, There's one thing I do, forgetting those things that lie behind. Y'all, that's huge. What did he have to forget? Oh, I don't know, killed a few Christians. Watch approved as one of God's mighty men was being killed. He had a few things to forget. You think the devil bothered him? Oh, sure, you're going to get up and preach in front of everybody? Look at you. You're just killing these people just a few months ago. Forgetting. Forgetting. What's behind? Pressing. Why you got to (laughs) press? Because there's this mess out here. I press towards the mark. What's the mark? Well, I believe, I tell people, it's the judgment seat of Christ. Heaven's not my finish line. I'm going to heaven. You going to heaven? That's not a question in my mind. Are you going to heaven? That's not my finish line. That's a done deal. My finish line is the judgment seat of Christ. And I've been really strong on that. And so, uh, uh, yeah. But that's that's our focus. It's our focus. If you live every day like you're going to stand in front of him, it might help, <laughs> it might help us a little bit. All right. This is good, right? This is a good steak cooked medium rare with just the right seasoning on it. Hallelujah. Because, man, if we do this, if you and I, I'm not talking about you, if I, you and I do this, if this be of God, Man, I've held on to that one in times. If this be of God. Yes, yes, yes. If this be of God. So what do I got to find out? If this be of God. Once I know if this be of God, then everything after that's the gravy. If this be of God. That, that way when something comes against me. You, you know, y'all remember my story? When nobody came to church and I was sick. I, I said to the Lord, you're going to tell me one more time. Why do I need to know if this be of God? Now I have ministry examples, but what, you know, you start a business and, you know, uh, all, all the homework you did and everything says you ought to have, you know, 30 customers a day, you know, by your first month. But you have five and you're ready to throw in the towel. But if this be of God, but if this be of God. So you got to get that fixed. Because listen, if you don't know if it be of God or not, every time something goes wrong, the devil's right there saying, this is not of God. This is not of God. That's why it's not working. But if you know it's of God, then you can say, shut up. I know it's of God. Get out of my way. Be gone. This is of God. And it's of God. if it's of God, the devil, and anybody else, They can fight all they want, but we win. But if it's not of God, that's just a counsel of men. It's just something you came up with. It's a decision you made. Well, Pastor Mark, I made a decision that was bad, and I'm paying for it. All you got to do is repent, and then listen for instruction. The Lord, after you repent, he may just say, keep doing what you're doing, but now, because it's in God, because you repented, it'll be all right help me help some. I'll I'll use a business, for example. Maybe 10 years ago, you were a heathen. You started a business. And then uh, as you're doing it now, you don't know if that's what you're supposed to be doing. Well, Lord, I was backslidden back then. I was away from you. I went and did my own thing. Now I'm back serving you. I repent. You know, I repented and I'm I'm obeying you. Uh, What do you want me to do? And he might just say, carry on. I'll bless it now. But you just can't assume. Are you with, you understand? And again, I'm going to talk to somebody. You take that marriage thing off the table. Well, we were heathen when we got born again. Or, or blah, 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 blah. Kupla. Oh, that's a little whatever. And, and You know, whatever. No, 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 no. Um, I'm in the middle of the will of God. The Lord's going to help us. The Lord's going to help us. Now, it, it takes two of you. I don't know why we're talking about that. But it takes two of you. And uh, you can't do what the other person needs to do. But both of you, everybody always needs to decide. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Everybody always needs to decide, I'm going to do it God's way. Amen. Let's, let's get some word. Hallelujah. Uh, Proverbs 19, 21. There are many devices. Proverbs 19, 21. There, King James. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that stands. In other words, what I come up with won't stand. But if the Lord came up with it, it'll stand. Everybody say, the will of the Lord We'll stand. Oh, I meant to look this up and it pops up right now. Um, The psalmist, I didn't look up the scripture, but I was praying, it came up last last night, and I meant to look it up and I didn't look it up. Um, The psalmist said, I delight to do thy will, O God. I delight to do thy will, O God. I delight. Because, see, if it's of the Lord, it'll produce. No matter what it is. If you're a young adult in here, and you're where, what am I supposed to do with my life? Well, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm going to ask the Lord. If you're middle-aged and you're sensing a career change or a job change, you're going to do what? I delight to do your will, O oh God. And I'm not going to be moved by money amounts. I'm not moved by money amounts. I'm moved by your will. I delight to do your will, O oh God. Where is it? Anybody know? Psalm 40, 48. Psalms forty-eight, 40, 48. Psalms forty-four-zero, Quarenta 40 y ocho, por favor. <laughs> Psalms 48, 40. Yep, that's it. verse eight. Verse eight. <laughs> Psalms four-zero. There it is. I. Delight, everybody let's say this, say, I delight delight to do your will, will. oh my God. God. Say it again, I delight delight to do your will, will. oh my God. God. I delight delight to do your will, will. oh God, God. my God. I I delight, I delight, I love it. I love doing your will. I delight to do it. God is smarter than you are. God is smarter than I am. And if he put a will out in front of us, if he put a path out in front of us, it would be wisdom on our part to take it. Hallelujah. I delight. Ooh, I got something coming up soon that this, is how I got, that this is how I decided to go. I delight to do your will, O oh God. I delight to do this. I delight to do this. I'm not doing it because you're making me. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because I delight to obey you. I delight. I get flat happy. Even when I don't feel like it, I get flat happy to obey you. I get joyful to obey you. My flesh don't want to obey you, but I am, the real me is happy. And sometimes I got to drag my flesh along, even if it's not happy. But my spirit's happy. The real me is happy because it delights to do the will of God. Amen. I delight to do your will, O oh God. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to end on this. I'm not going to keep you much longer. It's good to come to church. Oh, it's been so good. Aren't you grateful for all the things the Lord has used you to get done this year? Amen. Hallelujah. Nehemiah you want to look at how to obey God with your life and things Nehemiah is a great example and um, so how do we get to the plan and we're going to talk about this next um, I really thought we would get a whole lot further but um, we need to begin so I, I'm going to do the will of God so how do I find out the will of God well I'm going to pray I'm going to ask the Lord, what's your will for my life? It's just that simple. What do you want me to do? And then you and I, as spirit-filled believers, we have an advantage. 1 um, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 says that when you pray, when you speak unto God uh, in other tongues, that you pray out mysteries. What's a mystery? Well, I've never watched, uh, have you ever watched a, a mystery movie or TV show that they leave up the ending to you? I always want my money back. I didn't pay you to leave it unsolved. I want it solved. And I don't want to come up with my own plan. Um, And and really, with God, you don't get to come up with your own plan. But when you start out in life or when you get born again and when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you're just starting out with the things of God, it's a mystery. It's not written in here. Mark, do this. Mark, do that. I have to find out. How do I find it out? First Corinthians 14.2. I pray out the mystery. When I pray in other tongues, I pray out the perfect will of God. And as I'm praying, the Spirit of God, I can have knowings of what to do, of a direction. And really, all you need to know is the next step. You don't have to figure out everything. How, how, well, how do I, the perfect will of God, how do I get there? Obey Him Thursday. Tomorrow. And then when you get done, when you get up on Friday, what should you do? Obey him again. And you put it up. But then on Saturday, if you messed up a little bit, you repent and you obey him the rest of the day. So I, we should never. Come on, y'all. Things happen. I'm not talking to you about on purpose, missing God, taking a break. But don't just quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Just get back to obeying God. Pray. Obey. What am I supposed to do next? I've been praying out a lot. I know how to follow you. I know how to follow you. I know how to follow you. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. I know how to follow. Every one of us in this room say, I know how to follow you. I've been saying this a lot too. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus, and I know how to follow you. Amen. And so I'm am gonna I'm gonna pray it out. Here's Nehemiah, and his great thing in life was to rebuild the walls. That's just what you see externally, but his uh, the, the plan of God for his life was for him to restore the spiritual heritage of Jerusalem. People say his call was to build a wall. No, that was the external thing. The wall was what he needed to do in the natural, but he was, he was, his exact call was to take away the reproach of Israel. That's his exact call. But it came through building walls. And here you've got, and we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, I'm just going to get you started. Here you've got a cupbearer to the king. Y'all know what a cupbearer is? The cupbearer made sure the king didn't die. He tasted all the wine, all the food to make sure nobody poisoned it. And if he drops dead, the cupbearer, then there's something wrong. He was a confidant. He was close. He knew everything going on. Yet, this cupbearer for this king was an Israelite. And when his brother came... So, how this all started. Sometimes we look for writing in the sky. An angel visitation. A prophetic word. But Nehemiah, who has a whole book, how he got to the will and the plan of God. Oh, man, I wish I could keep talking to y'all. How he got to the plan of God was because of his brother. His brother came to visit and said this, verse 2. Well, uh, verse chapter 1, 1, uh, Nehemiah 1, 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of, uh, and he came to pass in the, the month of, in the 12th year, as I was in Sushan, the palace, that Hananiah... One of my brothers came and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left in captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, verse 3, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are also broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Well, let me tell you, bro, what's going on is it's a mess, And even though they got out of captivity, their lives are miserable. The whole city's burnt down, the walls are gone, and there's reproach in Israel. And from that point, and we'll pick up here the next time I get back after my um, uh, visit, huh? Oh, we're here next week. Oh, praise God. I got more time to pack. Hallelujah. Um, I don't know where I'm at sometimes. Uh, That's good news. Hallelujah. That's right. We do have one more. All right. So we're going to pick up. We're going to talk about Nehemiah, and we're going to talk about the plan of God, and we're going to use him for the plan for your life. And um, you may think it's natural, but it has a spiritual connotation. A wall's just natural. And he's just a cupbearer. Listen, y'all, that might look like a position, but that's not that. He's expendable. He's really just a nobody. Just because he's next to the king, all he's there for is to die before the king. And God used him and gave him favor. And he saved Israel. It doesn't matter how it starts. It just matters how it finished. Let's ask Joseph someday.